Hello everybody and welcome to What Would The Smart Party Do? I'm back again, I've just had an exciting gaming weekend with the Extended Smart Party. One person that wasn't there, but he's here with me now, was Baz. Sorely missed, Baz. I wasn't sorely missed at all. You probably had a really good time, you fiends. Can't believe you were playing without me. We were running out of chairs as well, so we couldn't have dealt with you, to be honest. You'd have to sit on someone's knee. I, I can bring a chair. I have chairs. I say this to you every time. I could have brought a chair. Well, okay, maybe next time. Around the gaming table tonight, because we've got a very special guest from across the pond, the D&D community manager, Satine Phoenix. How are you doing, Satine? I'm wonderful. How are you guys doing? Pretty good, thank you. Good to talk to someone from LA, because you're talking to Brits. We had a brief discussion about the weather. That's how we do things over here. It's like 500 degrees. <laughs> I'm not really sure about the calculations of the math on that, but I'm fairly certain it's 500 degrees. <laughs> We've waited until you've been round England and Europe and back to America again, and then thought we'd interview you, because why try and do it when we're in the same country, right? That'd be crazy. So you're in London and all kinds of groovy places when you were over here. How did you find it? That was brilliant. Uh, one of the cool things is getting to know what the different gaming communities are like, because America is very big, but we have a, a very organized way of gaming uh, people in LA have the same issues and things that they deal with as people in Florida and New York and all across America, but they're very similar to one another. And then going over to London was mind blowing. I had no idea what you guys deal with, had no idea about the different kinds of support or lack of support you're getting. Um, the, um, the way your community bands together in spite of not having anywhere to play, like that's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. I have to give you guys props for that. You have a very, very strong community. We do. I think, I don't know if it's partly a function of being in a small country as well. You kind of, you're not very far from anyone if you don't want to be, you know what I mean? When we say someone's a long way in England, we see like two hours drive. By American terms, that's nothing, is it? That's next door, right? Yeah. Well, like London's very dense. So... You have as many people in London as like we do all the way across LA. I, again, I'm terrible with numbers. I don't know those the actual math on that, but it was really cool. We I visited uh, so Rudy and I and Maze Arcana. We went to Leisure Games and we went to Thirsty Dragon and Orcs Nest, and it took quite a ways. There was a lot of travel time. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of time on the tube to get between those. <laughs> I got lost. I will admit, I got lost like three times. <laughs> people that you chatted to, did you find them any different than people you used to in LA or maybe other places in America? Right? Or is it just like everybody's a D&D fan, so they all just talk about the same stuff, right? We all talk about the same stuff, really, when it comes down to it. Uh, it was really cool. Usually in America, we do signings and everyone comes and hangs out and we sign autographs and, and kind of have quick discussions. This trip was amazing because... We tried to do three different signings over three different days. And each time we did a signing or interview, we took all those people and then just walked to the next place, went on tram to the next place. And that was pretty cool. We got to um, I, we got to get to know people a little bit better than we thought we were going to be able to. And yeah, it all comes down to we're all the same. We're just in different locations. We are just ravenously in love with Dungeons and Dragons. I like the idea of this kind of Pied Piper, just like a chain of geeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it was really cool because I had no idea that... Um, so there's RP Haven, and then there's a couple different meetup groups. And I had no idea that RP Haven was raising money to... Uh, pay locations for people to play in like mm -hmm. pubs and other uh, public spaces. And that was really cool. So we got to go and hang out and actually have lunch in one of the pubs, which is very exciting for me. <laughs> yeah. Pub lunch. <laughs> pub lunch. <laughs> very yeah. good. What's the, uh, when you meet up with fans all across the world, uh, just to avoid us falling into the same trap, what, what are the most obvious questions that you get asked? What's, uh, what's the top list of um, questions people want to speak to you about? Usually for me personally, GM tips, because I had done that uh, GM tips on Geek and Sundry. So they want to talk about uh, dungeon mastering, which is great because <laughs> my brain is wired differently than a lot of people. So offering ideas from a very artistic point of view rather than analytical point of view, I think people appreciate. So that's been really fun. Also, I actually ask them questions. <laughs> So I ask people, and I actually asked everyone these same questions. 
how long have you been playing? How what what do you eat at the game table? Because that's like a big American thing is like having a plethora of food while you're eating or while you're gaming. Sorry, <laughs> but it's a massive deal and it is underrepresented in the community. People talk about like what dice they've got or what system they should be playing or character class options. No, no, no. It comes down to what you've got in your trail mix. That's like yeah. a really important part <laughs> of the whole game experience. And we need to talk about that more. <laughs> Absolutely. Someone out there should put a recipe book together. One of the most interesting things I found in Europe is there are more chefs that play with people. Okay. There's always that one chef that makes lunch or dinner for everybody. That was really cool. Otherwise, everyone across the world eats pizza and chips or crisps and biscuits. It's a bit of a chubby as well. You have to have some fruit because there's only, only some lonely grapes that never get eaten and slowly start decaying over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. If, if there's one tip for communities out there I want to give is bring your DM some food. If you go around his house every week or her house every week, make sure you take snacks. Don't rely on them to do it. Yeah. Feed your DM. You don't want a hangry DM. <laughs> That's true. Well, me and Bass started playing, which is many years ago. I know we look quite youthful, but you have to believe us on this one. It was some time ago. It did involve writing little postcards and putting them in the post office window or things like that to get people. Or there was no cell phone, so you had to go to a phone box and ring people and hope they'd be at home when you when you dialed. But the world, it seems, has moved on without us. So now you've got the internet, you've got all kinds of forums, Discord channels, chat, YouTube, Twitch, all kinds of stuff. Do you find these days that people are getting into D and D via other methods? So my local game store owner said that it might be the case that people really just watch Twitch or things like that rather than buying the books first, they buy the books second once they've already seen it happen. So is that something you are finding too? Absolutely. It's really interesting. When when we were when we started doing these live streams, we did it just because we wanted to share our stories with people, also to record them and listen to them later. But it turns out it was with Stranger Things and other um, famous people playing D&D or talking about D&D, watching the live streams was a good gateway. Like, oh, okay, well, I'm too nervous to go look for uh, people to play with, so I'm just going to go watch these. And there's so many game masters now and so many different kinds of players that it's like, oh, that's fun, but this other show is fun too, and it's completely different, and I actually like the way this one, this person plays this character on this show. So it's almost like a, a taste tester, right? You can actually listen and kind of see the way different people uh, game and then take that so that's the first step the first step is watching it or listening to podcasts the second step is going to your local game store i i actually started la tabletop gamers and that's on meetup and it was really cool because when i lived in australia for six months i was like i don't want to go to bars i really want to find people who have the same interests as i do so i went on meetup.com in sydney and typed in Dungeons and Dragons and found other adults. And that was really cool. We we were able to discuss how we wanted to play and our reservations of playing as adults when we used to play as kids. The fact that we didn't want to play with kids and we wanted a more intellectual, puzzle-driven game, blah, blah, blah. We ended up being murder hobos. It was really fun. But it was really interesting that for people who don't normally know how to reach out and find people meetup was a really great avenue for that so in the last five years it's blown up you can find meetup groups for everything so that's mm. a really good way the other way that people are finding games is roll 20 and the online games like uh, sure. fantasy grounds yeah so that's pretty fascinating there's there are games out there for every way to play mm-hmm. absolutely yeah, yeah. And do you think there's um there's ever going to be a danger that people start playing in real life that, that we're going to end up with like just people playing online all the time because it's easier than getting out of the house? So do you think there's there's still something about just meeting up with friends or people you've not who aren't friends yet but soon will be, and that that sort of like face to face interaction, you know? Well, I say get it how you can get it. <laughs> Some people just want to play out of their homes; they don't want to play face to face, and that's totally okay. I personally. I'm a feeler, so I need to play around people. It's on the nuances of what they're doing, how they're sitting, how they're talking, how they're breathing. Yeah, I, I don't think that one is better than the other. It's about table preference. One of the coolest things is being able to play with, uh, I have an online group that I play with. One is in Germany, one's in Poland, one is in Perth, Australia, um, uh, Seattle, and Los Angeles. 
Wow. And we can play like that is magical. That sure. that just crosses boundaries right there. There are no limitations. The next is going to be like VR or something. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do like sharing snacks with people, but there it's really beautiful that there are so many ways to play and um, they're all really fun. So did you ever go through a stage where um, where maybe you weren't so open about being a role player? Because you were talking earlier about meetups and using social media to find games and so on. And I think for a little while there, there may have been a tendency, maybe we've all been through it, where you didn't really want to put down that you played D&D on your Facebook profile. Because there was a thing maybe about like, you know, do I want my boss to know this? I mean, the game's gone mainstream, bigger than it ever has done. Thank goodness. But there was a while there where maybe finding gamers, we were our own worst problems because we wouldn't tell anybody what we did. (laughs) You know, I think that's because a lot of us, myself included, when I played in high school, well, let me just clear the air here. I never was ashamed about playing D&D because I'm ballsy and I have no fear. However, there were a lot of us were beat up in high school or had food thrown at us. And therefore the negative, the way that we feel people saw us was because of D and D therefore as adults, I can understand it being a way of, if I say this out loud, I'm going to get beat up again. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a point in all of our lives when we have to just be honest with our passions Mm -hmm. and say, look, this is who I am. I play D and D. Yeah, this is it. There was a part, a point in my twenties where I was partying a lot and I brought it up. And someone tried to make fun of me, and I was like, huh, yeah, uh, wait a minute, that's stupid. It is fun, and you're stupid. <laughs> 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 but it was a very brief moment that I even, like, flinched about it. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but now, you know, like, fans of D&D have, have gone through so much over the last 30 years. I've been playing for 30 years. Mm. And... It is amazing that play, which is very important and healthy for an aging brain, is acceptable. You know, at first, a video game, like people are like, oh, you play video games, that's terrible. You, you shouldn't play, you should work, you should watch, I don't know, Seinfeld. I love Seinfeld, but I'm just saying that as a, <laughs> you know, a, way, a way of living. Yeah, um, sure. Now it's so beautiful that they're, what we say, uh, people are coming out of the basement. Mm-hmm. You have people of all ages from like parents teaching their two-year-olds how to play um, all the way up to uh, grandma D&D who's in, I think, her 70s playing D&D. And there is no, no – it's all because it's your imagination. A really good flag for people to gather around as well. So, I mean, you know, it, again, D&D's never been more mainstream, but it's never been more diverse either. Is that something that you've seen yourself? I mean, I'm embarrassed if I look back for our shows to see how many women we've had on our show being interviewed but it is a fact thank goodness again that you know there are more and more women playing D. there are more and more people of color playing D of any kind of diversity you want and it's now is i think the two may be going hand in hand it's a very welcoming hobby to people who maybe traditionally have been pushed to the outside of things well this is the importance of live streams mm-hmm. um you have by seeing people doing it you feel more comfortable i never had a role model growing up there was no um, Asian American goth f- overachiever female out there for me to look up to. But now that I, I'm there and then I've got um, my Sirens of the Realms girls and they all have come from different backgrounds and different ethnicities. You have uh, Rivals of Waterdeep. You have uh, Inkwell Society. And, like We're all completely different. And the importance is, is that we are all just friends and we're playing. And when people see that, they feel like, oh, I now have permission to play this game. And honestly, a lot of us played just never talked about it. (laughs) (laughs) So it's more about the conversation, right? Yeah, absolutely. And do you find that, um, I'm trying to work out a phrase this, but but things like forums and online communities and stuff like that, I I get a little bit frustrated because like you you describe yourself as ballsy and I'm somewhat forthright myself occasionally. Uh, and I, I'm not I'm not a shrinking flower. I'm quite happy to say what I think or ask questions and that. And I find it frustrating when other people don't, because obviously from my value system and the way I've grown up and my personality, that means I, I'll just ask, so why don't other people do that? But obviously we're all different. So how do you think we encourage people to say more? Because I think one of the, the really amusing things I did on a forum once was say, if you could start a thread on this forum, what would it be about? 
and got loads of responses. And it was like, well, okay, you guys take all those questions you have and now post a thread with them. You know, that's the that's what I'm trying to get you to do. But I, I know a lot of people aren't as confident or worried about what reaction they'll get or whatever. So how do you think we can kind of like get people to get involved in some way a little bit more? It doesn't have to be in a massive way, but just to kind of like, like you were saying, come out your shell, start talking about things, that kind of stuff. Well, it's really important that we go back and realize what Dungeons and Dragons is. Dungeons and Dragons is a cooperative game where people sit together and they work together to achieve goals. Now, that's that is an exception to like the way every other game is played. <laughs> every other game is a competitive game, and that's people that haven't been playing D anD D. That's what they're used to. They're used to fighting against somebody else. And right now in our society, and this is why D anD D, my personal feeling of why D&D is so important right now. The world is a very chaotic place. And people, you know, I, I'm used to philosophical um, symposiums where people have a lot of dialogue that goes back and forth. But people aren't like that right now. People mm-hmm. really are competitive. And they, you know, when, you're, when you have a forum, someone says, here is my thought, you have people attacking that thought. And so it's really important for us game masters. And I say game masters because we are the leaders of our community. People, coordinators, even if they're just players, the leaders of our community need to understand where people are coming from, what their experience was like before they got to this forum, and learn how to nurture, which isn't really something that a lot of analytical people can like are used to doing. But really understanding, okay, so here are people who come from this background. It is our responsibility to nurture their ideas and thoughts. So I think that is a really good way of making people feel more comfortable saying, okay, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. This is my thought. Let's talk about this together. I am not here to argue with you. I'm here to have a discussion with you. Just like being a dungeon master when you plan your game, you're very malleable. You have this idea of a game, but you're not stuck and rooted in the, the story. When you're, If you do that, you're fighting against your players. Sure. But if you're a, a decent dungeon master, you know how to be malleable. You have to ha- be like that in conversations. You have to know that you are is no best dungeon master. <laughs> there is no completely right answer. It's all situational. So being warm and welcoming and understanding will help other people be more inclined to participate. Yeah, that's all good. I mean, you touched on something there about DM style, which I think is interesting because um, I think historically D&D was seen as quite a, that sort of the Viking hat men and stuff like that. It's kind of like you go in a dungeon, you go room by room and do stuff like that. Do you see the the more recent additions embracing the sort of stuff you're talking about, which is the way that me and Baz play anyway. It's like, if the players come up with something, you think, oh, that's that's a lot better than what I had planned. So we'll just adjust what's in the next room now because that seems to be going down. That's much more interesting. Like, a, a GM's also kind of like a player, right? You, you want to get something out of the story as well. There's no point in you just having a, a pre-written story and we're sticking to this no matter how horrible it is and how little fun's everyone having. The goal really is to do stuff that makes everybody around the table happy, right? And include everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, because we're a bunch of kids. We happen to be grown-ups, but we're really kids inside, and we're just here to play. Like the whole thing about it is, you have to appreciate. Game masters need to appreciate this. Players need to appreciate this. People in the forums, uh, people in the community, have to respect that every moment that we spend together is moment away from our family. This is time that we're dedicating to each other, so we should respect each other's free time. Because that is so few. There's so little free time in the world. Uh, And I think if you look at it from that perspective, you can just be more willing to work together. One of the things that I see a lot is people that are learning how to play Dungeons and Dragons are so stuck in their own personal choices that they don't listen to each other and they don't react to each other. That's something that we try to tell our players when we're um, at Maze Arcana. Right. Like mm-hmm. when you're on stream, be receptive to one another and respond to one another. And just the act of practicing listening. <laughs> it's you so valuable. You're really good at that. You never see anybody doing any blocking. You know, everybody always just supports the last thing that was said. Nobody ever tries to turn that over or or dominate, you know, and, that, and that's that's a real skill. And if live stream is teaching people how to get along better at the table, we're all going to be better off for that, I would say. 
You know, I think it's, some of these things are a masterclass in just being very polite. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. And it's not easy, you know, because the, the thing is, sure. so first you have your live stream, you're watching your live stream, you find one that you that resonates with you. Then mm. you go look for your table you find a table, you play, you realize what it feels like to play, what it is like to interact with people. And sometimes you don't get along with the table and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you just have to, much like finding a therapist, you have to kind of explore different tables to find a group that fits you. Mm. And um, that is like the next awkward step in our community. I find that people aren't used to admitting that they're not comfortable mm -hmm. yeah and um by being as a game master as other players being receptive to the idea that it's okay that this table is not for you there's a table out there that is really good for you and is going to tell the stories and is going to play with you the way you want to play um, and the supporting each other in that is also really good mm. yeah finding yeah. Like gaming groups are like joining a band you know, and sometimes yeah. it really rock and roll, and then sometimes it's you know, musical differences, and you have to go on a solo project. You know, but it's it's exactly <laughs> the same set of dynamics. You've all got to be playing the same tunes in the same room, and if you're not, you need to take your trombone, go and do your, your jazz <laughs> somewhere else. Yeah, that's true because you know you see these these groups online. They play. You've got Critical Role who. You know, their group's been playing for five years, and honestly, that's an exception. That is not yeah. the rule, Absolutely. and. You know, by watching these shows, it, I can understand how there might be a false expectation that we all have to get along. Mm. But that's not the case. And it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's sort of advice that we've had to, we've dropped into various forums and things like that. You, you read so many stories from people like, my group's doing this and I want them to do that. Like, how do I make them change? And the answer is, you're not going to. You need to go and find another group that wants to do the thing that you want to do. And that, you know, there's a, there's a Girl, you cannot way. change that person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for you listeners, I just said sassy hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I didn't because it would be really embarrassing, <laughs> even in audio. But you and did in my head, it. and that's what's did, important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I sort of did it a little bit, and I thought the click might disturb the audio and stopped halfway through. It was horrible. <laughs> Thankfully, this is just audio only, so that's good. <laughs> um, right so anyway back to questions and stuff i did see a bit of critical role actually because they were jankcon doing the, the live stream thing uh, and over here at our time it was about 1am and i so i just flicked that on for something you know just looking for something to do as you late at night and it's like oh wow dnd's on and this is the sort of thing that me and baz used to talk about like wouldn't it be great if there's a late night after pub sort of dnd show like hey, but who's going to make that tv show right but but now thankfully <laughs> due to streaming and twitch and all this kind of stuff you know it's available and the thing I found interesting was not only the game that was being played, but the investment of the audience and the camera would occasionally pan around. And you have this auditorium, like packed, like standing room only full of people. And someone rolls a 20 and like it's like the teams won the Super Bowl. Every result, like standing ovations, backslapping, hugging each other. You know, you just wouldn't get that. I don't know, 10 years ago. It seems to have like we're really... Are we now in a place where d and is going to become a spectator sport almost? Or, you know, could you see this becoming as big as any other sport, for example? Or is that, am I dreaming too big? I don't know if it's even called a sport, right? It's theater. It's more like stage theater, stage plays. Um, I was at that show at Gen Con. It was right. phenomenal. And there's some of my closest friends on that stage. And even thinking about it, you guys can't see this. So I've got chills. <laughs> it is the, it's amazing. I've, I go to PAX and they always have, they sell out the theaters at PAX for C-Team. Mm. It is pretty magical and less than you just wouldn't see it back then or it goes back to we just didn't feel comfortable doing it because we didn't think it was going to be a thing yeah. uh, however you know pax has been doing it for a long time and people have been going to stage shows for a long time there's actually a group out here i cannot remember what their names are but they do a stage play uh it's improv and it's D and D, and they get the audience to participate, and it's really fun. So this is just the evolution of that. I do think there are going to be more. There are going to be more theater sellout shows. What that looks like in the future, I don't know. I, I think the issue, and I don't know if this is an actual issue, but it's the idea of what is it, right? We're in that wild west part of 
They're selling out theaters. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Is that a sport? Well, they're not competing, so therefore, no. But you are watching them perform. So what what does this look like? It's not a play. It's not a sport. Mm -hmm. Once we really figure out what it is, then there will be more of it. I mean, look at Twitch in the last two years. You know, like I had no idea. I mean, we started Maze Arcana over two years ago, and I had no idea it was going to be this crazy. I had no idea we'd be flying to Manchester and there'd be the big Maze Arcana logo on the side. You know, it's like... Uh, I had no idea I'd be answering emails from people all over the world about Dungeons and Dragons based on what they see online. Like there's, there's no way that any of us could have anticipated the reaction of Twitch. Mm. You know, I will admit I was one of those people are like that Twitch is for kids and their video games. I like old fashioned game with dice and paper and pencils. <laughs> but to be able to see that and uh, be a part of it is pretty phenomenal. And it's just going to change, you know, with what Geek and Sundry is doing and even Hyper RPG and Netflix is doing that thing where you can interact with the story. Uh, Mixer is doing a thing where you can interact with uh, the you can interact with the people who are recording, like who are performing almost instantaneously. Like do you choose a and B everyone clicks and like, Oh, okay. So this is the route we're going down. There's so many ways of playing. There's so many ways of interacting with the audience that like we're in that weird jazz drive, uh, laser disc part of history <laughs> for <laughs> getting D and D out there. Whatever happens the next couple of years, I think is going to really, uh, really be powerful mm. for our community globally. You're, you're a community manager for D and D, so there's a there's a thing. So, well, well done, congratulations. <laughs> Who knew, right? I mean, <laughs> but also, where, can you explain? Because I can't get my head around what that even looks like, what that even means. You know, when you get up in the morning or whenever it is you get up, what do you do during the day? And when you close your laptop or whatever, how do you know you've you've had a good day or a bad day? Where is this community? How how can you stay? How can you manage this community when it's gotten to the size that it's got to? What seemingly overnight? It's not overnight, is it? But we're everywhere, so. How does it work for you on a day-to-day basis? Is it crazy? It's crazy. (laughs) It's really interesting because, you know, when someone's like, oh, you're the community manager, you just manage the social media. That's one of the aspects. Mm -hmm. But um, the other, like posting to social media and making sure everyone knows all all the cool stuff that we're doing, that we're involved with, that's just one aspect. Mm -hmm. The most powerful that actually, I'm a big softy, People write messages from all over the world. And that's a lot of my job is answering messages and emails and trying to coordinate and people, people write in about, oh, I'm, I'm doing this thing where we're putting together a program for the school. I mean, we're talking, I get emails like this from like every country. Yeah. It is phenomenal. Like, can you help us or how can you help us? And just uh, forwarding people to the right locations and, and other humans that can help them and just kind of being that middleman that to the, the, what is that called? The, uh, the flight, the, the person who directs airplanes, oh, like the table tennis bats, the ping pong. Bat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, like I'm the, now doing motions for the audience. I, we are all doing motions. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm the air traffic controller. Ah. I, I make sure that the information flows and that is what I do on a daily basis, amongst many other things, you know, running uh, Sirens of the Realms is, and the other Maze Arcana shows and making sure that our live streamers have enough information and that they're supported. And our podcasters are doing a really cool podcasting thing that mm-hmm. 10 of the podcasters called Podcast to support uh, Water Dragon Heist. And you had 10 podcasters and like their guests and their people on their shows. And they had this like long uh, 10 episode story and 
coordinating all of that and all of them and making sure they all are connected and are supported and making graphics for them. I'm a graphic designer. I used to do toy design and I'm a comic book illustrator. So I'm, I'm sure that they like it that I can just kind of whip up some animated Mm -hmm. promotional items too. But even on a, a, a bigger scale, going to Europe was a really important for us because having somebody there and talking to people is really important because like we didn't, we have an idea of what all the countries are going through Mm -hmm. um, in the gaming community, but you don't know until you're there. For instance, I had no idea, no idea that France has an X card issue. Wow. You know, the whole thing in America is, you know, if you are uncomfortable, you need a way to express your being uncomfortable mm-hmm. and everyone needs to respect you. But, you know, that's not the case over there. So it's about connecting the leaders of that community with other leaders of other communities to help them help each other. We're talking like connecting countries. I mean, mm-hmm. this stuff makes me fall to my knees and just feel so like I'm just so humble at the chance to be able to connect to those type of people. So it's, it's a big job and I'm really very honored to be able to uh, do it and be excited. There are some downfalls like going through Facebook uh, comments. (laughs) There have been times where I just lost it. I'm like how, I mean, I'm a big baby. Can you just manage that community for us, please? Cause it's, that was the thing. I just, (laughs) I have separated myself from, uh, negative comments i mm-hmm. have i have a very interesting background and just in to move forward with my personal life i'm like you just don't read the things yeah. but then i like that's my job yeah. so i started reading the comments and there was a couple of them that made that just cry i mean i couldn't handle it i was like my first day doing it i was just bawling and shaking like i don't understand like it doesn't does not compute how are people so cruel to each other and you know i went back and talked to some of my coworkers, and they're like satine you're the superhero here like yeah. you need to protect those people from those mean people and that thing made me realize okay i have to like i gotta grow a backbone i can't let that get to me as much but it does honestly so um yeah i think the more Rather than being the delete monster, that's just like, you guys suck, ban, 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 ban. I think the power, <laughs> ban, ban, ban. I think the power is in discussions like this where we can actually talk to each other and show other people that is not a correct way of interacting with each other. <laughs> you know, the more correct way would be, you know, hearing each other. And, you know, someone says, that person is stupid. It's like, okay. Well, why would you think that? Mm. And, you know, what is it that you feel? Why do you feel you need to express that? And what what is the deeper level of that? Not saying that, like, we all need to get degrees in therapy, but just like listening and actually, you know, hearing when somebody is attacking another person, like, what are they really saying? And and what are they projecting? Mm. It's... Yeah, that's that's what being a community manager is. <laughs> What's really horrible about that kind of stuff? It comes from gamers, and and you know who wants to generalize, but I will. Almost every gamer I've ever met is a fantastic person, and they're not super competitive because their hobby is a cooperative hobby, and and they have to speak to other people for the hobby to work at all on their tables. Yet, stick a computer in front of someone and a little bit of anonymity. And it's just like, why, why are you doing that? You're a gamer. You should have higher standards, right? Yeah. And the funny thing, though, and I will admit this, uh, it's usually the same people. And also, <laughs> our community is the best gaming community because mm-hmm. uh, for all the negative people that say negative things, you've got a beautiful army of people who are respectful and who do understand that this is a cooperative game. And that we need to respect and uh, work together. So as much as a few bad eggs make me cry, there are so many other people that warm my heart. One of the best things, let me tell you about one of the best things I love about my job. So I understand and appreciate the time that people spend on doing anything. I appreciate you guys connecting with me, asking me to be on your podcast. I appreciate every single letter that is sent. 
want to talk about their game or their dungeon mastering experience or their players. Uh, I had one gentleman who sent photos. Oh my God, this is going to make me cry. Where's this going? Sent sent photos of him, his wife, and their brand new born baby. And how they love D&D so much that the initials of the baby are D&D. I won't say what the gentleman's name is. But it was like... I don't know if you guys can see my tattoo on my yeah. neck. Like I, I feel it. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's right. I have a giant neck tattoo, <laughs> but I get it. And like, I hear those people and read every single letter and I feel the time and uh, you know, you're anxious. You don't know who's on the other end of that email. You don't know if anyone's going to be listening. To it, but I listen, I read every one of them. I hear it. And I try to say like, I, I try to get back to them as as fast as possible. And sometimes that is not nearly what they deserve. (laughs) Like they, I wish I could respond sooner, but man, we get a lot of emails, but like, it's just, it's beautiful. Mm. It's so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) So I, yeah, there's, there's a, a couple little speed road bumps in my day, but at the end of the day, like today, I just sent an email out to our crew about, these soldiers in Afghanistan who received books from us mm-hmm. who were like, thank you so much. And I was like, thank you. No, actually, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for your service. And this is, you know, like this little bit of love that we can share with you is, I, I hope you can, I hope you like it. And then apparently they did. So yeah, there's a lot of good, there's, there's a lot of good out there. This is why I was asking earlier about having online stuff versus real life stuff. I think it's, it's individual moments, isn't it, that people create as well. It's, you talk about playing D&D, and if you're not in the hobby, it's kind of impenetrable to you. You're kind of like, but what do you do? Do you, like, dress up as wizards? You know, you get all kinds of weird questions <laughs> with people who don't get it. <laughs> imagine you're all with hats on. Just, you know, they don't, they don't understand how you fill four or six hours or whatever it is and stuff like that. But I think a big part of community, if we're talking about that, is it's the little stories that you come out afterwards that, you know, me and Baz could share stories from 20, 25 years ago of games we played. We can't remember some of our friends from back then, but we can remember <laughs> some of the characters and some of the things like that. So I think it's that, that's that's a big thing about communities. If you can generate cool stories, good ideas, shared experiences, that's what, what brings us all together, right? Well, it's even bigger than that, right? Like, why do we need this on a primal level, on a level that we don't even understand? Well, um, so I've been doing a lot of research on PTSD and how – I'm doing a, on basically how D&D helped me through PTSD. My childhood PTSD and uh, Rudy's, my best friend, Rudy's uh, military PTSD is very similar. And through the research, we found that the way to heal is by creating new memories. And uh, until recently, they were pretty much saying, you know, join a theater. And it's about working together as a group to do that. And I got to tell you, I have not felt alone since we started Maze Arcana. And that's because we game every week. <laughs> we come up with all these stories, adventures, we play with our friends and it's, it's healing. And a lot of us don't realize that that's why we're doing it, but essentially that you are healing yourself. There's a lot of research being done right now. Hopefully I, I think a lot of it is going to come out in the next year. Cool. Oh, it's, it's a higher power, is D&D, is what you're telling me. I'm not going <laughs> to say that out loud. <laughs> I mean, if I want to say it. <laughs> well, it is really neat. And the whole premise is the power of being around people. And I think that is what you're saying about um, why it's important for people to actually game in like together, other, physical. Yeah. yeah. Um, the power of being around each other and having that energy exchange, working together and building something. Yeah. That's why people volunteer in groups, you know, Mm -hmm. that's why um, people go to like cooking classes. (laughs) It's just to, in order to, um, to have a shared experience and these shared experiences as fun as they are superficially, they're important on a primal level. Sure. So you're the community manager, but um, it doesn't all fall on your shoulders. I'm pretty sure, pretty soon, soon you'll have uh, minions and things like that to help you out with the way things are going with the Indies getting so big. You won't be able to handle so it all yourself. I would never call anyone a minion. 
I might have familiars, but <laughs> um, yeah. So, so for this... instance, we have a lot of people who help out on um, uh, like Lauren Oboe crazy and access anarchy um, help us out on Twitch. So I can't watch every single live stream. That is too much. Plus all the things that I'm doing, plus doing my own, plus traveling to conventions, you know, mm. and that's the other thing is helping out with the adventures league. Uh, that's a very, that's a lot of work too. <laughs> just, you know, making sure that there, everyone there is comfortable and, um, and feel supported because adventures league that's, oh my gosh, that's, volunteer dms we've got a group out here called uh baldwin games and they they moderate they uh train their dungeon masters to be accepting and like learn how to be welcoming i don't actually know the the exact way they they train them but i do know that i'm impressed with them because they've got I think they had like 95 tables at Gen Con or something. Mm. And, they, you know, got dungeon masters and everyone feels comfortable at the table. So that was my point of that. But going to the conventions was another part of all that. Going back to Twitch, that's a lot of people to moderate. You know, some of the shows have uh, 5,000 viewers, some have 100 viewers, but it's a lot of action in the chat room. Mm. So you have all these, and I guess that that whole thing, links together because it's all uh, a lot of more volunteers. You have yeah. all these other people in the community who feel very passionately about making everyone feel comfortable. And so uh, they're in the chat rooms and that is a thankless job. I would like to say thank you to every single moderator out there who's been helping everyone who's, you know, put in just like raised awareness to uh, how to act in a chat room. That is, that's rough. I had a friend moderate one of the big streams and he came back to me and was like, I'm not made for this. I don't know how you guys handle all those comments. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's I think so a lot good. of the gaming hobby is built on volunteers though, right? We have that at conventions and stuff like that. I think, um, you know, certainly from, from my and Bazzi's time, like we've run countless games at conventions and it's not for the money, you know. <laughs> no one's retiring on GM-free drinks that you might get or something like that. Sometimes you get you know, have to pay to be there and then you have to run games as well as you're paying to run games for people. But just volunteers at conventions and, and stuff up and down, the, the community is part of what makes D&D and other games work, right? Because without that infrastructure, people who are just passionate about it and want to do it because they want it to do better and they want it to be part of it and they want to be joined in, you know. That's what's yeah. keeping everything going, right? Yeah, so it, at Comic-Con, uh, we did a big event at well, like a, a collector store. It had like sneakers and toys and stuff. And it was very far away from Adventures League. And so I like took a bunch of the free stuff and then brought it over there to like give to the people. I'm like, oh man, we really need to be supporting him over there. I get there, this uh, DM Chad, he made... Dice rollers, beautiful lacquered wood dice rollers with ampersands. He made 36 of them. <laughs> he made 36 just because he wanted to give stuff to people and wanted uh, people to feel welcome. They coordinated their own sponsorships so that, uh, you know, they had a, not a raffle, it was a scavenger hunt. They did a scavenger hunt, and if you won a thing and then rolled the right number on your D on a, like a giant inflatable D twenty, you could win a number of things. And I couldn't believe how amazing on their own this Southern California group of Adventures League um, coordinators just got together and made it really fun for. And they they only had fifteen tables. I say that I'm used to like thirty plus tables, sure. but those fifteen tables were packed packed all weekend and it was a really beautiful community and being able to watch them and i know uh one of the gentlemen he like for the open or the different adventures league big games that they have he'll build like he built this airship right it was like on a cloud it had led lights and it was huge it was like three feet tall he just built it because he wanted you know to have the finale be extra and that right there, that's Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Doing it because 
you're passionate about it, not because someone's like telling you that you should do a thing or not. Yeah, absolutely. Is there one thing you think that the community, in the loosest possible term, but is there something the community could do to make the community itself better? Because most groups, clubs, whatever, those sort of things you're talking about are great, and there's individual heroic efforts. Is there something a bit lower level that everybody could do just to make the world a little bit better? I would say everybody, it sounds so, I feel like I just say this over and over, just be welcoming. Live to each other. Don't be defensive like that right there. Just be mm. defensive. Don't act out of like fear. Just be, be open to each other. And if somebody's being a jerk, just say, Hey, I see that you're not happy. What can we as a group do to work together to uh, alleviate this? Cause you don't want to succumb to anybody's um, demands. Right. But right. it's about working together. Like, if we're going to be able to work in this game together to find that, to get that goal, we have to be able to work together out of that thing, out of the game in order to be able to work together in the game. <laughs> you know, yeah, and yeah. if someone's being uncomfortable, uncomfortable, just be open to hearing that and saying, you know, and taking responsibility. Like, I'm sorry if I actually had something to do with that. You know, I think it's the responsibility, uh, personal responsibility and table responsibility. I think that's the first step. No, Super no, no. not easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a practice, not a not a an easy switch you can turn on and off because there are decades and and like millions of hours of experience that go into why people are a certain way. But, uh, you know, if you just try every day to just be a little bit more kind to each other. I think that's going to help a lot. Yeah. One, one of Baz and I's favorite tips for new DMs is say hello to your players. It's really surprising <laughs> when you go to a convention. And because gamers, <laughs> we have this unreal language, right? So everybody just sits down and says, pass the D12. I've no idea what the name is. And you know, it's just taking that time to go, hello, I'm Gaz, who are you? you know, and if you can get those human interactions going, then I think everything else becomes a lot easier. We're just so used to just sitting down and starting bashing orcs. We kind of miss the human bit sometimes. Absolutely. I mean, I can see how as a dungeon master at a convention, because I, I get really nervous too and excited and I'll jump the gun and I'm like, ah, you, ah, ah. So I'm sure other people get that way too. But yeah, being able to just stop, pause, say, you're a human, I'm a human. Hello, humans. Uh, introduce yourselves. That's that's a really good practice. <laughs> My wife always says to me when I get in from a game session, like, how's Mark? How's Jules? And I went, I have no idea who you're talking about. Oh, the bard. Oh, yes, I see. <laughs> and you know, she always wants to know about their wives and their kids, and it just, I never get around to it, honestly. I'm too busy <laughs> casting Flaming Sphere and having fun in a corridor full of cobalt. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So do you still feel like you get a separation of life between doing the day job and doing D for you? Or is it all um, just one big I, uh, happy space? I have sacrificed myself to the greater good. Myself to the greater <laughs> good. Um, yeah, I don't have a life. <laughs> I, uh, I have a, uh, I'm a co-owner of a company. So we spend all of our time uh, making stories and managing our uh, players. Yeah, that's a full-time job. You know, we have a bunch of shows and having to regulate that. It's uh, it's a lot of work. So I just joined a yoga studio, but that's pretty much it. Like I, I'm all D&D all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did go to D&D in a castle. That was probably one of the first times I got to play without being on because live stream dungeon mastering is different than off screen dungeon mastering. It is severely different. For instance, I did a show with Rudy where we had two games going and they're both going after the same object, but they didn't know. And that was like my real first time of dungeon mastering on screen. And I got all these emails saying, man, I used to have insomnia, but after watching your videos, I don't. Thank you so much. And it turns out that when you're sitting at my table face to face, 
this and the camera is on, I talk very slowly and I really set the scene and I weave this spell, this story spell around people. They lean in very close. However, if you do that on screen, people will go to sleep and it's not fun. So being able to dungeon master for three days straight at D&D in a castle was great. Took my shoes off, put my hair up, got my like, got to get in character and be super weird and uh, very calm formers who are just excitable and they're really fun and colorful and everything is moves. Boom, 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 fast pace, boom, boom, decisions, decisions. Uh, at the end of the D and in a castle, I had um, the characters backstories were so intense that they ended up joining the bad guys and going back in time i ran an eberron game went back in time killed the king galifar before he was king and read just redid the entire uh history of eberron and at the end we were all we just all sat back and exhaled together and we sat there in silence for a while and we're like wow and the only thing i can think of that it uh, reminds me of is when you you're at a lake and you take a rock and you skip it and it hits like eight times and you're just like yeah. <laughs> can't do a game like that online you just can't there's no way like it is not engaging for those for the people watching but for the people playing in this game we're all getting tattoos they're like we want to do it again next year let's do it um it's so powerful but it's, I think it's really important for people to know that gaming online is completely different that an experience than gaming at the table. Yeah. I don't know I if that you. answered your question, but I just felt I had I'm to. I'm still locked in the story. <laughs> I forgot my ass myself now. It's the weaving. <laughs> I had to leaving. So I have to go back to work and tell them they need to rewrite Eberron because you've changed it now. Uh, if other uh, we're we're going to the parallel universe. Keith Baker would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice well, to be able to break a world, though, because we can't do that on stream. We have to we play by the book because we want people to want to play there, right? Yes. Um, even though I did kind of break the yawning portal, but I'm sure Jernan can fix that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, it's been uh, excellent to speak to you. I think we're about, we're about time, unfortunately. Delight to speak to you. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, guys. And I look forward to more conversations in the future. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, and I'll drop some stuff in the show notes so people can know where to find you. I'm sure they do already. Uh, but uh, just in case either of the listeners haven't heard of you or, or where you live in terms of gaming, uh, we'll put those links in so people can grab you. Thanks. Um, for those people who can't read, uh, you can find me at at Satine Phoenix everywhere on uh, twitch.tv slash dnd, twitch.tv slash maze arcana. Brilliant. Thanks very much for your time. <laughs> Thanks. I forgot to turn my phone off. I'm so sorry. Fail. Disadvantage. <laughs> That's a natural one. <laughs>